So we're going to be in Proverbs 2. So last week we talked about, or the last two weeks, we've actually been talking about Proverbs 1 a lot and looking at the theme of wisdom, um, the analogy of lady wisdom, or the um, personification of lady wisdom. And today we're going to be looking at some some of the within chapter uh, chapter two, really chapter one through chapter four. And some um, some Bibles is kind of viewed as the prologue to the wisdom. Um, and so this is still more kind of setting the stage for wisdom. So. Who among, or who among, uh, who of us believes that they are wise? Anyone here believe think they're wise? I know that sounds like a trick question, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I have begun to realize that as well, and uh, encourage everyone who's younger than me to realize that that you will eventually enjoy the fact that you don't know as much. Like, it's freeing to not know as much. <laughs> so, let's read verses 1 through 5. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. When I first read this, I, um, I thought that's a really long run on sentence. Um, and it reminds me of like children's games of if you put your finger on your nose and you your kneel down and stick out your tongue, you know, like it's all these ands, um, you know, uh, and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it, does this feel simple to you? Or easy. You really got to want it. You really got to want it. Sometimes you'll understand the fear of the Lord. Yeah. That is, and that's that's big. That's really big. And you know, just like we talked about. Right. Yeah, I, I call on that as well. Understanding the fear of of the Lord, 
that's that's an I statement. Any other phrases or thoughts catch you as you were reading through this? The first one is store up my commands within you. It's cumulative. You know, mm. the wisdom or any of these things, I guess, on any given day, maybe I feel like I nailed it yesterday, but not today. So we're talking about something that's, that's storing up. Yeah. And I find that that is also freeing to know that it's not you don't lose it all in one day like it's it takes time and you're you're always pursuing it it's you know always trying to seek it out always trying to find it And that it applies to all the senses as well. Yeah. And when when it says look for it as for silver in verse four and search for it as hidden treasure, I think of I think of people who probably have heard like the uh, the people who heard Jesus' parable about the person who searched in like all of Luke 15, but every time of search and search for something and all of the parables that Jesus talked about, and, you know, I wonder if they thought about this, of like just as much as how people search for something they love, this is also searching for wisdom. This is searching for something that they are wanting. So I want to go back to what Joanna was talking about within that verse 5, because I think there's a lot lot there. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find, find the knowledge of God. Those feel like really big things. And... And if I, if someone had asked me, well, do you think you can ever completely understand the fear of the Lord? I would have never said yes. That's not something I ever would have expected. But here it's, it seems to indicate that there is at least some way in which you can understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Anyone have any thoughts about those two phrases? Mm, a promise. Sounds like it. It's, it's all a gift and statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next verse says it's a gift of God, just like James says. Yep. So, I mean, you wouldn't think we could. We can't, but we really are hungry for it. We all just stuff here. It's a gift of
What about finding the knowledge of God? What does that What does that mean to know the knowledge of God or to discover the knowledge of God? Is that to know what God knows, or is that the knowledge that God exists? Kind of hesitant to know what God knows. To assume that we know what God knows. Well, I think I was more referring to that and a new story like that. Mm. The knowledge of good and evil. That's yeah. the trouble before. Yeah, that's right. Trying to say that. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to there that you know, to there is there is a thing that you know we talked about this last week of that in the Garden of Eden story there is the you know the one thing that we weren't supposed to have was the the knowledge of good and evil in all seriousness going back to the if then statement there's a lot of ifs there if you accept my words making your errors if you cry out for insight if you seek it like silver uh, so I hope there's also some grace involved. Like that's a lot of conditions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, I've thought a lot about it of the in the sense of the um, just a lot of check boxes that you have to check for that to be true. And if it is a promise, we do want that grace. We do want that ability to to go. Okay. There's room for some grace here. can minimize the when things are good it's really easy for us to not pay as much attention or be more as aware of when God has been working because when you of course when you're when things aren't going well you're more prone to reach out to God and so you can you can you want to see those times like you want to see when God's working out well Um, yeah Has anyone ever cried aloud for understanding or had that feeling? Um, I'm just thinking about raising kids. Like, <laughs> 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 just teenagers. You know, yeah. It, 
to me it's it sounds all of these if statements or all of these you know conditional statements sound extremely desperate like you've reached the the very bottom of what you can do and you're just you're asking for a little bit just give me something to, uh, to help me understand which again goes back to you know you know we said at the beginning like the the older you get the more you realize you don't have wisdom the more you don't understand and i think that that's where the humility comes in is that all of these you know applying your heart to understanding call out for insight cry aloud look search all those are very humble actions they're not our you know they're not um they're not usually proud you don't you know you're not really um those who are searching for hidden treasures are usually not the uh those that are standing up in front of everybody saying hey look what i can do it's those who are in the back trying to figure things out so let's move to the next section uh, verses 6 through 11 and we're going to pick up more on what we talked about in this very first verse for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding he holds victory in store for the upright he is a shield to those who walk whose walk is blameless for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. At verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom... And from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. The very thing that we were just talking about of understanding the fear of the Lord and finding knowledge, that comes from God's mouth and the Lord gives wisdom. How does that hit y'all to hear that the Lord gives wisdom as opposed to something you get? This is something you can find and search after. It's that wisdom is something you receive. Reminds me of the gifts of the Spirit in Galatians in the New Testament. You know, it's, it's a gift. And you thank you for studying and reading and have quiet time. Right in our journal, we'll get wiser and wiser, which is great. But at the end of the day, he just gives it to us. If he chooses, and if we really meet these conditions. You could extrapolate like she said it in verse five if you if you don't do these things the converse is true, you don't wind up clueless. And we see people in our life every day that are clueless and it's not their fault really, they're just not doing these things. You you go to work and people just don't get any kind of principles or don't get it. Anyone else about receiving wisdom as uh, as you're being given it to it, that the Lord that the Lord has the uh, I guess He's the gatekeeper for wisdom. Yeah. 
if you take the whole set of scriptures and you know, look at it, it seems to me there's a, a, a part where you have to ask. Mm. So uh, it sounds like it's a gift as well, you know, but it's also if you do this, if you do that, you know, you're also calling out and asking and then the Lord gives wisdom. And I think the calling out and asking helps me not take credit for it myself. Mm. Like if I know I was saying, Lord, help me with this thing, then it's not like easy for me to go, well, that was my bright idea. Yeah. Or I ask for it and then receive it, and it's easy to say, obviously, this is what God's doing. Yeah. It's easier to give credit to it. Yeah. So it's clearly something that God wants us to ask for. Like it's clearly, and it's it goes back again to that humility of the: Are we willing to ask for wisdom? And it's Isaiah that says, if you. There's so much. There's comfort in that to know that that's all it takes. In verse 9, then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. I, I find that almost comforting, but also a little bit simplistic. Because in my life, I have felt many times that nothing has ever been that clear. Like, I've never had that, that I will completely understand what is right and just. Because... So many times it feels like all the paths feel right, or all the paths, you know, are these paths over here feel right, and these ones could be right. It just you know, it's there's all this unknown. So, what does it mean to to understand what is right and just and fair? To, that word understand is that to to know what to do? Is that how 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 should we interpret that word understand? Or how could we interpret? I think the word discernment, you know, like the papers, they feel like they're quiet yeah. still. The whole congregation will discern, will be given what is right. Like you said, everything's complex and it looks like these pictures of home of ours are probably spikes on it. If we do these things, we'll eventually see the right man go for Like you said, see as a gift, it's not like, well, I slept on it, I figured that out. <laughs> but, it, it, yes, and I also think that that is a true statement of so much of understanding doesn't come from our actions, it comes from rest. It comes from, like, I think. There is a power in 
slowing down and truly asking God for that the discernment for that time. And then rather than just saying, all right, God, help me discern and pushing right into it, like truly give, give time, God, give, give God a chance to respond. Like before you just push into it. Well, I think in verse 10, I mean, I can't take away from that because it goes on to say, for wisdom will enter your heart yeah. and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And I think for me personally, I don't know, you know, the actual way we're supposed to process this understand word, but I think the biggest things that God has called me to, and our family would say it was our knower, mm-hmm. it was the Holy Spirit in me that just knew it. And that's what I feel like those the hardest and the best things entered my heart. So I, I think 10 is directly related to that. And what's interesting about that comment is that in, when I was reading about Proverbs in general as a whole, a lot of people were referring to like, this lady wisdom as the spirit. Like, kind of the equi- equivalent of, we, have, we now have the spirit, mm-hmm. and this is kind of, this is how the... Uh, Lady, the wisdom is personified as a lady, and now we have the Holy Spirit who kind of helps us and gives us this wisdom, these nudges. And so, I, I like that term, the knower. I just, I just kind of know. That being said, bringing up the gender or the feminine yeah. mm-hmm. aspect of it, I'd like to go back to over to four. And if you look for it, wisdom as for silver, I do dream work, and so I work a lot of symbols. And gold is. Uh, symbol for masculine and the consciousness mm-hmm. and silver is the symbol for the moon like you know the sun yeah for the feminine and it, the, the scripture says silver and so i believe especially as women and female body here that not that men don't so right masculine and feminine this moon being psychology mm-hmm. goes but anyway the knower the knowing is embodied in embodiment and that's the under, true understanding, and it is a feminine, open way to receive wisdom, which I believe is also mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. It's a mystery, too. Well, I mean, I love to work with we, we all, we all <laughs> say, you know, our, the, the comment of women's intuition, like that is a, yeah. and yeah. if you've ever hung around women long enough, you, you know it's true, because, you know, they just have this gut. They have this knowledge. And again, not that men can't do it, don't have similar intuitions, but there's something about, you know, even a mama's intuition. Like, somehow my mom always knew when I was acting up in church. You know, I, I could be behind her and she would know, so. And in verse 11, we kind of get a little bit more in that discernment with discretion will protect you. And understanding will guard you. That discretion of knowing, of being able to judge what I should do, what I shouldn't do. And what is going to protect us is going to be in the next couple of passages, like the next couple of verses, we're going to be given little snapshots of what the benefit of having wisdom is. So in verse 12, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse who leave the path straight to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perseverance of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And when I read that, I immediately thought of Psalms 1. Um, 
one of my men's groups reads this pretty frequently, and so I, I have it deeply in my head. But it said, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. In both of these passages, it's the, the concept of paths and um, protecting you from the ways of wicked men. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily saying that this is going to protect us from hardship. I think it is saying that it will protect us from getting caught into the, for submitting into and kind of going along with the evil men. Just like you said in chapter one, listen to join these guys, don't join a gang. You know, yeah. A lot of people are going to plunder and steal.
Yeah, the um, as you were talking, that that really did kind of again bring back into the Psalms one of you know not so the wicked they were like chaff and the wind blows away. And I think of my personality, I'm much, I'm very prone to like if I read a news article, I think that every single thing that they have said has to be true because they've written it without having a my my gut does not immediately tell me to say hmm, maybe I should question this and make sure it's true for myself. So if I'm not careful, I can be kind of blown by the, by the winds of whoever I'm around to say, oh, this is my truth or this is my truth. And so it is to know who is, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you allowing yourself to speak? Who are you allowing to speak into yourself? That, that's, that's a really good point to, as you're discerning. Well, so here's the other thing. When we take it to the step of who are we listening to, what what voice in our head, what part of me is speaking lies to me? Like, you're not loved, you're mm-hmm. not okay, you're not acceptable, you don't belong. You know, there, that's evil. To me, this is out there. But if you take it and turn it in and say, and that's where it starts, like changing our heart for our neighbor, like, you know, and the stranger, when we can change a heart for mm-hmm. the the forces that we, we say these things to ourselves that are just a bunch of lies. Yeah. You know, and so that's not wisdom. Okay, discerning that when it starts as a thought, back to James, you know, where did that start? With a little seed, a little, like, no good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see this, like, pointing out at other people, but when we're pointing out, there's always a finger pointing back at mm-hmm. the way. How does that apply to me and my interior dialogue? Yeah, that I, makes sense. yeah, it does. Yeah. In, in fact, last week, in, in the entire sermon was about you know how to how to love yourself, you know, and now we're looking at how to love enemies or how, aliens. And I think that there's so much truth to the statement of you know whatever you're hearing yourself say, or hearing yourself, if you said that to a friend. Would you ever say that to a friend? Like, you know, if you're, if you're hearing yourself say that I'm a bad person, you would never tell that to a friend. You would never tell your friend that you're a bad person. And that's how we treat, you know, if we're treating ourselves that way, then yeah, we have to be careful with that. This is, that's part of discernment, including of who you hang around. If, if you're hanging around people and that's how you feel about yourself, then they're not doing a good job of making protecting you from that situation. Because that... Friends, good friends, know saying, "Hey, you're beating yourself up. Stop it," you know, or, you know, "Hey, you seem to be going down a, a dark road. Let's let's take a different route." So, we in twelve through fifteen, we have the wicked men. Now we get to go to the wicked women. Uh, sorry, oh. Um, so in verse 16 through 19, it will also save you from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner from her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her path to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the path of life. And I found it really interesting in light of Josh's sermon this morning 
because one of the ways that uh, I think the term adulteress, uh, some pastors may say loose, and in the original Hebrew it says strange. And I think I find that interesting as we look at what we heard this morning about how strange and alien are all kind of intermixed and, and how there's so much of the Old Testament where God is trying to protect his people from intermarrying or from the gods of other people and so he's like he's trying to keep them safe and so again Solomon in this is, is saying hey protect yourself and I find it so rich that Solomon is the one who's saying this phrase because and maybe he's speaking from experience here with all his many wives but it seems like you know you should protect yourself from the adulteress and you know, maybe this is words of wisdom from his failures but it just it it seems a little it reads at first a little hypocritical but maybe he's speaking in the younger later years of his life any thoughts about that as the lots of examples in ancient Israel of that idea of protectionism yeah avoiding the idolism Another one I think of Ahab and Jezebel. I mean, Ahab started out as a good Jewish boy, I'm sure, but he married this woman from Sidon because of some link up with the king there, you know, fighting up alliances, and, and she just made him go down fast, you know. And he was a little important. Yeah. He allowed to be affected. And a lot of those kings, it's in the last song, it says his new wives turned his heart to idols. I'm still working on formulating this out in my head, but I was trying to see if this could be um, expanded past the temptation of, of sex, mm-hmm. um, you know, to other temptations if it's still, like, kind of held true. Um, and, I, and I think if, if we kind of do that, we can see it's um, beware, you know, kind of more beware of people who have promised one thing but are going a different way. Like, yeah. this woman is promised to be faithful to her husband, but she's obviously going a different way. So maybe it's um, we can broaden it past just, I mean, not that those things are good, but like um, broaden it to beware of, of, of people um, who are not um, walking what they've taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's 100% a good look at it of like, wisdom is going to help you see, and it will give you, it will give you the discernment to go, okay, this person, you know, is you know, make up a story. This person has asked me to come into go into business with him, but the past two businesses he's had, he has, you know, cheated on his uh, taxes or he's done something wrong. You know, like, has he been, you know, has he repented from that? Has he worked, you know, or is he still trying to do this? That is a, another way of doing that. So look at that person, look at the character of that person, and wisdom will tell you to be wary, wary of doing that. I think it's fair as she says to broaden the word because the military really means 
Like it's not just, you know, wisdom, because I think we have, it's, in my life, I have noticed that it's very easy to have wisdom about one situation with one group of friends and not have that same wisdom when it comes to another group of friends because they're a little bit different or they, maybe they're Christian and I take more assumptions that, well, if they're Christian, then they're not going to lead me astray rather than really trusting my knower. I, I love that term, knower, you know. Trusting my knower. So. All right, well, let's wrap this chapter up with verses 20 through 22. And now we get to the good men. Thus she will walk in the ways of good men and keep to their paths of righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Again, that has some, some similarities to that Psalm 1 of the, uh, the ways of the wicked will perish. That it, it, it kind of it evokes that um, almost, not Pollyanna, but almost like, you know, happily ever after concept of like, yes, the wicked are going to get their just desserts. Any thoughts about the good men? And how do you know if you're a good or evil man or unwise man? And I think it goes back to the very beginning of this chapter of are you doing these if statements? Are you turning your, your ear to wisdom? Are you applying your heart to understanding? Are you calling out? Like those things make you the good man. Not out of, again, not of a checkbox. Not of like, I have to do this in order to. But this is how you discern wisdom. And this is how you ask for wisdom. So to kind of wrap up, what as we read this chapter, what are some benefits of wisdom? 
that we've seen so far. Save from a lot of hurt. And I would even say, in addition to save you, it can also be a comfort to you when you do have, because we're all going to make mistakes. And I think there is a, having that wisdom, even when you realize, oh, I sinned, I should not have done that, to know that there is, that it's not despondent, like it's not the end of the world, that there is rescue. And I think, you know, as it ends with, you know, the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it, there is this sense of, like, truly the battle is not over yet. Like, when you have wisdom, you know that whatever happens at the end is not the end. Like, there's still, the journey is, the, the battle is not won. All right. Well, let's, we'll close off with prayer and, uh, and we'll go about your day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day that you continue to bless us with. Lord, I pray that we will take these words of wisdom to to heart and that we will truly ask for wisdom in those moments and be willing to steady and still our hearts to listen for the answer. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen.